0: We are staying on top of this story, of course, here on Holding Court. Patrick McEnroe here and this story uh, just continues to develop. I've been lucky enough to talk to a few insiders from Australia in the political world, in the journalism world. uh, And I thought it was the right time to bring on uh, someone I've looked up to for many years. I sort of see him as a mentor as well and for all he's done in his career in journalism in sports and writing and uh, he takes a look at things from a different perspective than most and that is a one and only Mr. Mike Lupica also plays a you know pretty decent game of tennis as well how are you Mr. Ah, Lupica
1: ah, oh wait no no unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately coach McEnroe has had eyes on my tennis game and he's wildly overstating um, my my old man abilities.
0: Listen, as I as I say to my kids, you know, whatever you do, I've got a tennis player, I've got a couple of ballerinas, and I say, as long as you do your best, you try hard, you want to improve. And so here's here's what I get everybody when I'm out teaching lessons out at our club out in the in Long Island in the summer, and I come out and uh, you know late morning, and I see old Lupica out there by himself with a bucket yep. of balls. I mean, <laughs> you know so what exact. I'm saying? There's nothing. Better than that, right there. Nothing better than that.
1: And I always say, Patrick nothing to see
0: here <laughs> keep on moving all right let's move on because i've been dying you know you and i communicate obviously uh personally but i've really been dying to get your uh, your your overall opinion as you look at this from afar because you've obviously covered these types of stories throughout your career at the daily news on uh, the sports reporters on your own podcast now the mike Lupica Show. Uh, so from your position and where you're at and watching it as I am from afar, of course, I'm not making the trip to Australia again this year. I'll be up in beautiful bucolic Bristol, Connecticut at the end of the (laughs) week, which, you know, all too well, you used to take the early morning drives up there for the sports reporters. Anyway, your overall perspective on the way this whole thing has unfolded and what can we expect, uh, moving forward this week with old Mr. Novak Djokovic.
1: But, you know, Patrick, I've, been, I've seen a lot of your television appearances and um, to the point where I actually feel as if you've now moved in uh, with us. And um, no, your take is exactly right. And and you always came at it from a couple of places. One, this was completely avoidable. OK, mm-hmm. it was completely avoidable on, on at Tennis Australia, in the country and with, with Novak Djokovic. I, I, I completely understand why the judge made the decision that the judge did okay and i said to a friend of mine yesterday it just shows that nothing ever changes not just in american life or 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 any other kind of life all you need is one judge patrick you just need Mm -hmm. one judge okay and and now but you're right now where do we go from here and and i saw. i think i saw you on cnn either yesterday or last night or sometimes saying You don't believe the story is over. Neither do I. And I said to you this morning before we did this, Pat, he's got some explaining to do. You're, you're complete. You've said this from the start. First thing he's going to be asked, you know, it's not like his brother can call off the press conference. I don't want to talk about that. He's going to be asked about getting a positive PCR test in December and then being at a public event maskless the, the next day with kids, by the way. Okay. Right. And, and, and the other thing I said to you today, and I don't know whether they'll accuse him of falsifying his visa application. Patrick, there was a trip to Spain that nobody knew about it. So I, I, I guess Ben Rothenberg, was it Ben Rothenberg who wrote about it? That,
0: yes, that and he pointed he said, that out from the New York Times, correct?
1: Yeah, and so I, I think he still might be in a world of trouble and on top of all that, okay, in a career where this guy has made it almost impossible to get out of his own way sometimes, what's going to happen when he starts playing matches? Because it's going to be an S show, okay? It's going to be an S show in, 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 in different ways. And I'll ask you this. this is a, that was a long way of answering your question. Patrick, mm. how is he going to be received in the locker room, which is something you know about, And I, you know, those of us on the outside really don't.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great question. And, uh, you know, I've been talking to the people I know that are down there throughout this. And, you know, it's interesting because I think that initially, initially when he got the exemption um, to come into the country and he posted his Instagram, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew. Uh, and Djokovic never said, as every other player, including Rafael Nadal, uh, Simona Halep, and you know these players actually went to that exhibition event in uh, in the Middle East right around Christmas time. A bunch of the players that went there tested positive for what I'm assuming was Omicron, so they didn't have serious. Um, Uh, consequences, you know, illness from it, but they all put it out there. So Novak never said on December 16th, when he supposedly tested positive and I say supposedly, because I think there are some questions out there about the legitimacy of that test, but that nobody can prove that at the moment. Um, But the players, I think initially thought, Oh, you know, Novak's getting a little special attention as we know in the world of sports, Mike, you know, this better than anyone. That's not that unusual. Okay. In tennis, I mean, You know, when I went to Wimbledon, when I was a player ranked 52 in the world, uh, can I play on center court? You know, practice, Uh, Mr. McEnroe, Patrick, that is. uh, You'll be out on court uh, 23, okay, for a half an hour. (laughs) While 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 that other McEnroe, oh yeah, he could get center court for two hours. You know, so those kinds of things happen in life, obviously, and in sport. So I think the players sort of roll in their eyes a little bit. Then I think what happened was, look, they've all had to deal with different uh, issues when they're either in the bubble, outside of the bubble. Vaccinated, not vaccinated. Up until the last few months, a lot of players, particularly a lot of the Eastern European players, were not vaccinated. So then they said, "Oh, well, no, good for Novak. He's standing up, you know, for his rights." When the, and then the whole thing went down, obviously with the way the Australian government handled it, putting him in this, in this uh, holding, you know, a hotel, which I think was a huge mistake, you know, politically for them to do that. So I think the that,
1: optics were yeah, yeah, the, the optics,
0: optics, optics were bad. But I think right now. I think the players and this. I just found. I just heard this last night. I think the players are getting a little bit fed up with this whole with this whole you know the Djokovic game continuing. Again, I'm not there. I'm just sort of relying on some of my old you know, friends and sources. But but you brought up something. I want to ask you this because before you talked about the questions he's going to have to ask. What about this question? According to the documents I've seen, if you wanted to get a medical exemption for the Australian Open, you had to apply for it by December 10th. Right, okay. right. So, so I know, I saw you
1: say that. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: a lot of players are like, well, wait, that's why a lot of players are rolling their eyes, because, well, Novak got it December 16th, he tested positive, so, you know, Tennis Australia just sort of, they kind of waved that, and they just, they, they pushed it through, and then the government, I think, the federal government saw the way they were handling it, they saw the political situation from, from the public in Australia, and they said, hmm, Maybe we can step in here and win some political points, but then they didn't handle I mean, talk about passing the the buck and the blame. You could pass both of them around to multiple uh, sources in this situation.
1: Patrick, I did a parting shot on the sports reporters podcast the other day about your brother, okay? And and, and it's what you just said, it's under the umbrella of, you know, executive privilege for stars in sports, okay? I don't believe, and it's ironic that it, what I was talking about was, involved the Australian Open. I don't believe now that John would have gotten busted out of the 1990 Australian Open for not knowing the new rules about the sequence of penalties in tennis. Okay, right. mm-hmm. I, if, if Craig Tiley were in charge then, the way he's in charge of Tennis Australia now, I think we would have gotten a variation of, of, the, of this thing. No, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. Of this exemption scam, and your brother would not have gotten defaulted out of that match against Perth Forest 32 years ago.
0: Well you know and you bring up a good point which I think I think is what you're 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 bringing up which is that Craig Tiley over the years has done a tremendous job for the Australian Open and by the way partly why he's been able to do that is because he's had the backing of the government the state government of Victoria because it's good for their uh, tourism industry it's just good overall they they actually own a lot of the facilities that where the Australian Open is played so it's been a it's been a good working relationship between Tennis Australia and uh, the Victorian government, but you, you, you talk about taking player friendly a little bit too far, and I right. think that's right. what's what's nipped Craig Tiley in the butt in this situation, and over the course of even last year's pandemic uh, Australian Open, which had a lot of issues as well.
1: It's you're a hundred percent right, and when he he did himself no favors from the start when he was saying. You no, know, the process was completely anonymous, and I'm thinking, no, it wasn't. That when the board was assessing whether Novak should get the, the exemption, no, it wasn't. I mean, don't don't treat us all like we're idiots. We understood that ultimately this was about business, okay, and it was about the business of the Australian Open. The government looked at it as you're a hundred percent right. The prime minister looked at this as a way of of, of scoring political points at a time when You know, the the, the pandemic is, I understand, is hitting Australia as hard as it has at any point yet. And they were as tough as anybody. I mean, we heard Darren – Patrick, do you remember when Darren Cahill was talking about what it was like to go back to his country – didn't he talk about like mm-hmm. being in a room for, yes, for four for, weeks? For two- I,
0: I, I've spoken to, I actually spoke to him last night. Darren Cahill, of course, worked with us at ESPN. He was a coach of Simona Halep for a number of years. They just, he's actually working with Anissa Mova and she just won a tournament. But I talked to him and he, he said essentially what you're getting at from, from just an, an Australian citizen. He said, mate, he said, "I've I've been in lockdown, coming back into the country for I believe it was two months." He said, "Over the course of you know the various different times he's had, sometimes it was two weeks. One time it was four weeks. Actually, it was after the uh, when we did the U.S. Open last year, and then he did a little bit of work with Halep. He went two weeks in uh, wherever he flew it was either Sydney or Melbourne, and then he lives in Adelaide. He had to do another two weeks there because it was going state to state. So four right. weeks, literally by himself." in a hotel room, government-controlled, um, no ability to go outside at all so that he could get back into normal life in Australia with his family.
1: Yeah, and, and so did they not think there was going to be blowback because they were they were making up, you know, I call it the opposite of double-secret probation from Anaheim. Right. They were essentially... But, but they don't say they were making a new, you know, it's it's not a medical exemption, Patrick. It's a Djokovic exemption, okay?
0: <laughs> right. And
1: and for them to not look down the road just a little bit and see the obvious blowback when you start, you know, I started to look in on some Australian TV shows and they're talking about family members who couldn't see sick family members because of the rules of the road in Australia. Right. And. And Patrick, whether he plays or not, and I'm still not convinced he's gonna tee it up in the first round, okay? The the ripple effect of this, just as it applies to Novak Djokovic, are, are going to be endless. And 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 this is a guy, Patrick, who I'm sure you've talked about this more than once, who continues to scratch his head and say, Why don't people love me more than they do? And and remember, he was more popular in defeat in Flushing Meadow last September than he'd ever been there in victory. So he's got that going for him. And, and I don't want to, you know, send the um – Anti-vaxers after my friend Patrick McIver. Okay, no, there, it, it's
0: already happened. Don't worry, that's okay. I mean, okay. but I hear it from both sides. I mean, like you, you know, we all do. We see the extremes on both sides. I mean, literally, uh, after one of my, you know, countless appearances on CNN and others, but after one of them, you know, immediately, Mike, immediately, there's one <laughs> one person that says, "I'm never watching tennis again. I will never go to Australia again." And then the very next tweet. Novak Djokovic is a hero. He's my hero. He's standing up to the ty- tyranny of the Australian government and this whole uh, vaccine, you know, fraud that's being perpetrated all over the world. Literally, one yeah, to the I, next, I, I, one side to the other, within uh, you know, uh, on my phone. It's it's it's
1: this has he has become. You're right, a symbol for both sides of this. He has become a rallying point both sides of this oh my god i oh, laura ingram who's uh, you know, i guess she she has enough time on her hands that she's you know she doesn't want she can only screw up this country now she wants to screw up other countries is referring to, to <laughs> australia as a covid police state. right, a COVID police right. Day. and and all they're trying to do at the end of the day even though they turn this into a, a political football is trying to make their country a little safer. I, I don't think they covered themselves with glory. I think they did this in a ham-handed way. But I, any rational person who's not on the extremes, who stands in the middle, has to know, Patrick, that being unvaccinated makes the world less safe. How how much less safe? That's for the scientists. But you know who, who I thought was great on this? I know you did, too. Rafa. Rafa.
0: Less. Yep.
1: And and basically, he sounded like we all do when we talk to our children. Actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. Novak can't be surprised at what happened. He can be surprised that he ended up in that hotel. He can be surprised that the government turned on him that way. But this, he got on this train a long time ago, but by being anti-vaxxed and all the way back at the beginning of the pandemic with that tournament and the partying while the whole world is freaking lockdown.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about this—that you know, sort of that issue just myself personally. Because I, look, I think the reason this has created such a a firestorm around the world is because a lot of us feel feel personally connected in some way, right? So when 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 the vaccine became available for—I'm for, just—I'm trying to remember what went through my head. I'm, I'm in the same basement where I was when I first got COVID in March 2020, when nobody yep. knew what was going on. All the doctors would yep. tell me, take some Tylenol, whatever you do, don't go to the hospital unless it's an emergency. I mean, literally, that's what my doctors told me. Now, luckily, knock on wood, uh, I didn't get it that seriously. By the way, I just got it again on Christmas Eve. So I canceled all of our plans t- to see my brothers and their families and so on. But yep. the, the point yep. is, that I sort of break it down to there three reasons, like right, what you would take the vaccine. And I think everybody will maybe have a different reason. Number one, for, for your own health. Right to say to yep. save your life potentially. Now for me, I, I wouldn't say that was the paramount reason that I was was looking to get the vaccine. I'm relatively healthy. I didn't get hit that hard by the first one. Number two, to do what's right for society, and for yep. and for people around and, and 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 for me, probably that was I would say number one on my list. And um, number three, obviously, is protecting. The entire the world, the ones and,
1: around you. Yeah, exactly. Are, and, and, and and Patrick, here, I'll just say we have you have three children, I have four children. Okay, they all came down to Florida for the holidays. Patrick, I had so many uh, 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 tests. <laughs> Kayla Lubrica bought so many of these tests right. that I thought I could just sell them out front like I had a lemonade. <laughs> t- okay, but but we work, we you know every couple of days everybody's taking them. To make sure that we were doing the right things just for our own family, and 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 Patrick, I'll say, you know, we used to hear about um, uh, Djokovic sleeping, and that was that hyperbolic chamber or whatever right. the hell it was. Okay, he just acts like he exists in a bubble, and I know he does good works. I know how much he loves his country. There, he's a very complicated guy, and and Patrick, as recently as the finals of the U.S. Open. I wrote a column in the Daily News. I don't know if you saw it saying, it's okay to cheer this guy, mm-hmm. okay? no, yeah, I saw it. When he, yeah, what he's trying to do, we're a city of big ideas, okay? Well, he was trying to do the biggest idea in tennis from the Grand Slam. And and he did get that because I wrote it. He got cheered that day, okay? So I've been very sympathetic. I'm done with this guy now. I'll never root for him ever again. I, 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 I hope it's Rafa who walks away from Melbourne with 21 majors.
0: And I guess the question moving forward is where, where, where do we collectively, we in the sports world, we in the tennis world, and we, you know, I guess in the world go because uh, you know, it seems like uh, this is going to continue as far as, you know, vaccinations are necessary to get into certain countries to, I mean, I, I can't work for ESPN without being now, now I got the the latest email. You must get the booster that, that, you know, to continue to work, uh, to for my right. kids to go to school, you know, so we all, we're all dealing with these logistics. My daughter, both two of my daughters got COVID after I got it. So one of them can't go to school for 10 days. Well, she doesn't have any symptoms. The CDC just changed it to five days. She, she feels fine. Nope. Ten days. OK, I mean, I, we're not we're not happy about it. Right. But we, we we're not going to say, OK, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want to do because we can. And, and, and when it comes to my job, like most people in the world, you have to abide by certain rules to continue to have your job. So what's going to happen, in your opinion, moving forward with this issue as relates to tennis and just as it relates to sports in general and to the world in general as we move through twenty twenty two?
1: I wish that there were a way that, it, that, that, that there was a governing body in tennis that took uh, that had an umbrella over women's and men's tennis that say, you are vaccinated or you don't play, okay? Because the murkier it gets, the more confused people get. Patrick, I, I can't follow the rules of the NBA, for example, Patrick. I, I heard somebody saying, Kyrie, well, he's got 21 games left. No, it might be uh, 22 because in in uh, in San Francisco, uh, it only applies the whole the, the rules <laughs> right. about vaccines. Right. No, did you hear this? It only applies yeah. to home teams right. and not visiting not, teams. Right.
0: It's insane. because, And then it's like, you know, like in New York where where we, we both live and I'm just in Westchester, just outside the city. I go to work in New York City. If I want to go to a restaurant in New York City, I've got to show my, my vaccine proof. Uh, right. But if I go to down the street to my local restaurant, I don't have to show anything. So then, you know, so people act surprised that there's miscommunication between the federal and state government in Australia. And I'm like, wait a second. I mean, literally the rules change from county to county in our country, all over the country. And now, so the French Open has said he
1: can come and play the French Open, whether he's vaccinated or not, correct?
0: Correct, yes.
1: Wimbledon has not weighed in yet. Not so yet. So we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the rules are going to be. And and Patrick, I'm telling you, this. I, I, I've had this feeling about two of the best tennis players I will ever see, okay? One is Novak Djokovic, the other is Naomi Osaka. For completely different reasons, I don't believe their careers are ever going to be the same because of a nexus they both reach for completely different reasons. I think Naomi has sidetracked her career because of her beliefs about media and press conferences and all the rest of it. And I don't think that Djokovic's The rest of his career, what is he, 34 years old now?
0: Yes. Is
1: going to be the same because of this intersection between his cockeyed beliefs about vaccinations and how they go up against the rules of this sport. And it'll be very interesting. I I, I said this to my son the other day. It's going to be very interesting to see if he wins all the majors that we thought he was going to win. Okay. And for a completely different reason. We once thought Tiger Woods was gonna was a lock to win twenty five majors, right? Right. Life gets in the way. And Mm. and in this case, it's not just life getting in the way it's once again Novak Djokovic getting in his own
0: way. Yeah, it's one of your great lines, actually. I've heard you say that a lot of times. Life gets in the way. Let's talk just before I let you go, and I appreciate you coming on about your life because uh, you can, by the way, go to com and, and check out all the great uh, uh, books you've written, uh, a lot of children's books, which are hugely successful. But what about this latest one? Is this true with James Patterson? Tell me a little bit about that one, Loopy.
1: I have very... Fortunately, blessedly, um, become a part of James Patterson's world. Um, our first collaboration, The Horsewoman, set in the my daughter's world of show jumping, The Horsewoman, is on sale uh, right now. We're doing all kinds of publicity. We think it's going to be a really big book. We've actually, over the last couple of years, we've finished two other books. And, and working with this man, who has become one of my best friends, has been like, I, I wrote a lot of books before I met James Patterson. It's been like a master class mm. in, 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 in telling a story. And we are having a blast uh, working together. I think we're on Morning Joe tomorrow talking about the horsewoman. And, yeah, yeah, I think uh, whether you know, if you don't know which end of the horse or not, you'll love the story. It's, <laughs> about mothers. it's about mothers and daughters in yep. the Olympics and its abuse.
0: Well, it's a masterclass to speak to you and to follow you and to have you uh, helping me along my uh, personal path, and I appreciate it watching all you've done in your career. And, uh, you know, the payback, Mike, is, is yes, having you on my podcast. Of course, you've got your own. I'm, I'm still waiting for the invite there. That's another story. But the real payback. No, no, no. no We're only way... doing
1: the sports Okay, but, all. All. Oh, okay. But, but hold. Okay,
0: but hold on. The real payback is going to be, and, you know, I might have to give you a free lesson. You know, we work on oh my that serve. God.
1: Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ha- have your producer just send me that little clip. Okay. Okay? Because, because if, if, if you can fix my serve after others have tried, Patrick, I will be in your
0: debt forever. Yeah, and that, that'll, be, that'll be my own master class, fixing your serve. The one and only Mike Lupica, everyone, on Holding Court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.